Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're back for episode 59. It's just James and I today because Jack is not committed to the grind, um, which is you know not unexpected for Jack. Um, it's not unexpected, but it is unacceptable. It is. It really is, you know. Um, just not showing up uh, on game day, you know. Um, but we'll we'll get into uh, we'll get into ball instead of talking about um, someone who isn't committed to the game. Uh, and we got we got someone else not committed to the game either. But yeah, he's, he's actually busy. He's busy. has an explanation losing to these guys. Um, but uh, with we recorded with last time we recorded, uh, we talked a lot about the Cubs. I think like ninety, not ninety five. That's dragging it. But like seventy percent of our episodes talking about the Cubs. Um, but you know, they've been fun to watch recently with Christopher Morel. Uh, I, I don't know how I but- butchered Christopher, I said Christopher, so uh, just find a way to butcher everything. I this is that's incredible, wow. Uh, anyways, uh, but Morel's hit really well to start the year, uh, to start his career as a whole. Um, to pull up a slash line here, he's slashing 286, 386 with a 469 slugging percentage. Um, he has a high hard hit rate, not barreling the ball necessarily, but. Um, that'll even itself out. You know, you can just, you know, that, that stuff like figuring out fly balls, ground balls, line drives, that's a swing adjustment. The power's there. He's got good wheels. Um, as a Cubs fan, Jay, he's stolen a shit ton of bases. Yeah. He's at uh five already in the young season. And I know you mentioned uh, a lot of times that like you find that like, you're not really watching the Cubs as much, you know, they're not a very good team right now, but you know, watching Morel, um, whenever you can for a Cubs team that really hasn't played great start of the year, I'm I would assume that's a jolt, a breath of fresh air to see in a good no, young a player if they figure out their fucking lineup. But um, because because the guys I like to watch like Nico Warner's fun, Morel's fun, but they they hit like one and five, so you have to like you know can't just yeah. watch both in a row. Because if I could, I'd tune in for two seconds and then leave because. And Contreras, I guess, but it's not like I'm not here to watch Angelton Simmons hit. Yeah, I can, yeah, so. that's that's a big problem with the NL Central where they have like I know the Pirates just beat the the Dodgers, and I want to like shit on the Pirates today all day, but like they're not a fun watch. Like, what are you watching? You know, Rossi Contreras occasionally, but they don't always have him up. O'Neill Cruz is in AAA. Um, like it's what is there to watch, right? Brian Reynolds, I guess, but it, it's like. For some of these teams, this is a tough part about rebuilding. If you don't have a fun position player who's like a young player and playing very well, right, you really don't have anything to look forward to. Um, I know the Reds are playing right now, and they are – I think they're up one nothing. Yes, they are up one no, no, I have that. That's not updated. It is no, they still – yeah, it is still one nothing. You're just trying to shit on the Red Sox. No, not really. I mean, the Red Sox, they are, they are in a bad oh stretch right now. But, yeah, I don't think the Red Sox are terrible. Like – I think they'll figure it out. Like they have a positive run differential. They lose a lot of games close. They win a lot of games big when they do win. Um, I'm not overly concerned about them to make the playoffs, right? Like who is really their competition for the last spot? Like the Mariners, I guess. Mariners aren't very good. I mean, like the Angels. But the uh, Angels are like, if they get a playoff spot, they won't finish the lo- lowest seed, right? I'm pretty sure. Let me check the standings. Okay, well. For the, although well, they would. Right. It would be, would. It's like t- Tampa and Toronto, and then it would be like the Angels. Yeah, you are I right. Tampa, I think Tampa and Toronto are locks. Oh, absolutely. Toronto Toronto is very clearly like the team that they've gotten off to a slow start, but they're going to figure it out. Like that's – I, I mean, whichever ahead. one of the White Sox or Twins doesn't win, the, the AL Central is also in there. Um, Do we think the White Sox are making the I, – I, I don't – I was very high on them. And I just like, this is not, I don't know if this is a good baseball team, man. I don't know. Not a good, bad, excuse me. But like, are they a, okay. But are they more look, than a 17? If you look down their lineup, um, it doesn't help that they've had so many injuries with, you know, Moncada, now Anderson. Um, and then Eloy, Lance Robert Lynn, had COVID. Eloy, Robert, like, like they're missing everyone. You look down this lineup that they're that they're rolling out today. You got Grandal, Vaughn, Abreu, Berger, Sheets, Angle, McGuire, Harrison, Mendick. This lineup fucking sucks. Did you right? see the play? Yeah. Did you see the play where they couldn't score the time run because they got the guy that sold a sack fly by Grandal, and they have the runner tag from first as well, and Mendick gets thrown out before the runner from third scores. So that's why it's five six and that's six six. 
So they're just like, they're a bad managed team. They're not going to optimize their talent. If they underperform. I mean, I, of- I actually am not, I'm, I'm a little surprised that Grandal is hitting leadoffs today. Um, they suck this year, which is unfortunate for him. I mean, I like Grandal. I think he's, I, I think his style of play is fun because he just walks in barrels, but he hasn't done the barreling thing. Walks, this year. Are boring. walks are the definition of boring. I think walks are bad. You know, my stance are walks. I hate watching pitchers walk people. However, it is fun to watch a guy who doesn't chase ever and hits nukes when he swings in the zone. So like yeah, but the last year was a doesn't hit nukes. Now he isn't hitting nukes. Yeah. Now the problem is he's looked terrible at the plate. Um, and it doesn't help also that you look at the rotation, like Cease and Giolito are their ERAs are way higher than their FIPS. Um, they don't really, they play horrible, horrible defense. Yeah. But they also give up nukes. Like they, they have, they are kind of prone to the home run, home run ball, uh, in terms of Giolito cease, not so much. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned with the defense, defense is bad for them. They're just like, this is a team like Dylan cease and Lucas Giolito should be in Cy Young talks and they're now, and they're not because they don't have good ERAs because they have bad defenses. They're getting strikeouts. They're they have great stuff. They just don't like it's. If I was a as a as a player just on that staff, how how do you like? Nothing is going right for these guys. They don't play good defense. They get hurt all the time. They are in a very winnable division with a team in the Twins that they're good, but they're definitely not stellar, right? Like I think you and I would agree that if they play in the AL West and they play in the AL East, they would probably be the seventh seed right now. Or maybe the eighth seed. Like they just they aren't a great baseball team. Minnesota. Yeah, they're not a great baseball team. They are a I think they're pretty solid. good. I mean they've got yeah, they're good. Not great. I think they're a playoff team. I think, oh, absolutely. I think I think they could do damage in the playoffs too, because they've got a guy who does damage in the playoffs. So like I'm trying to who oh Korea. And I don't know what the deal is with him. Like he, he got up to a slow start, but he's been really good lately. He's hitting well, which is really, oh, like it's, it's not like a, it's not like a thing where, you know, it was like, you know, Mookie Betts got up to a slow start and then he went nuclear. So everyone knows, but Correa has been like quietly really good. He has a 176 RAC plus in the last like 87 play appearances. So 122 on the season, which is good. Yeah. That's good to see. Solid amount. Um, or it's not like Lindor where he plays in New York and he's like going to win the MVP. That type of stuff where, you know, Lindor, Lindor might be the hottest player in the league. Lindor's such an interesting player because every other week, the verdict on his contract changes every other week. Like if you, if we did an episode two weeks ago, right. And we scrolled through Twitter and we searched up Lindor, what would the conversation have been? It would have been, Oh, you know, he's at a one Oh something. That's the problem. I think people are ignoring how good Lindor has been just because like, yeah, maybe he got a little overpaid. I don't even think it's that bad of a contract. I, I really I don't think it's a bad contract. Like, considering the other options and to you pay have to guys. Look, okay, maybe maybe they could have gone Correa, but... Yeah, but that's hindsight. Everyone and their mother thought he was getting a 10-year deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not fair to say, that. oh, why did the Mets know Correa was getting a three-year deal? And the fact that he got a three-year deal was concerning. The Mets needed a shortstop who could, they knew they could just throw out there for 162 games and be the face of New York. And Lindor is that. I'm not saying Correa couldn't be that or that Correa isn't a better baseball player. I think you and I would agree, like, you don't wait another year to get a shortstop because of the opportunity to get Correa wait on Lindor, pass up on Lindor, especially for what they gave up. It's not like they, I know, I know Jimenez has been good, but you would take Lindor over Jimenez. And that's really what the Mets are looking at. Who would you have a shortstop? Andres Jimenez or Francisco Lindor? Ahmed Rosario. He's been bad. He has been bad this year. He has been really bad. He's not good, obviously. No, he's not. But there's nothing surprising about him being bad. He was never No. No. He hit like 270 last year, I think. And so everyone was like, oh, he might be good, but he's just not. He was an average hitter and he had a good UZR. So that's what like, that's like, okay, maybe he can be a good player, but he's not. Um, As for Lindor though, right? Like last year, and 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 I know that it's, when you pay, when you give a big contract, it's really it's mainly to guys who are great hitters, right? You rarely see a defensive specialist get a great contract. But that being said, a 4.2 F4 is valuable. 
you have to look at a player's total value. If we get stuck on just WRC plus when it comes to evaluating player contracts, we are setting a bad precedent for looking at contracts. I think it's just so dumb that you'll see someone tweet something like, oh, well, I expect more than a 103 WRC plus. No shit. No one's saying Lindor should be expected to put up a 103 WRC plus. But if you look at this objectively, if you look at it through war, if you look at through all the value he brings as a total package, how can you say that you're mad that you gave a guy whose floor is a four win player $34 million a year? There are plenty of shortstops that their floor are so much lower. Seager's floor is a lot lower. Story's floor is a lot lower. Correa's floor is a lot lower. Lindor's I don't know if Correa's floor is really that much lower. Have you seen Correa? Like, I'm saying, like, have you seen Correa's down years? Like, come on. You know that, like, Lindor's never had a season where he goes and has, like, a, I mean, actually, you kind of, you're, I forgot about the OAA update. But, like, it, Correa's floor is not as high as a 4.2 F4. I've been saying Lindor's floor is a 4.2 F4, but, I'm, I mean, is it not? Has he ever really been? I feel like the only reason Correa's floor is so low is because he's so injury or he, I don't even think that's he part been, of it, right? He was so injury prone early on in his career. Like Lindor had a had the first for the first time a significant time last year. And he still put up a 4.2 F4. Like he's like just, if Lindor, if Lindor plays 162 last year, he might be a five-win player. Yeah. Especially and, the way he was trending at the end of the year. And you look at a five-win player, $34 million, seven war like seven seven million a war that's that's good value now obviously and if you look at fangraph's value down at the like at the bottom of his page it was exactly 34 million now one thing that we have to realize is that that a lot of mets fans i think completely fucking ignore just because they feel like it is that lindor wasn't getting paid 34 million dollars last year yeah um he he wasn't on the contract that he signed for the 10 year deal. He, he, he was on his, his last year of arbitration. And I don't know how much he made last year. I could look it up, but that's not the point. It, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like it wasn't, it wasn't 34 right. million. He was worth way over his contract value last year. And, um, and this year he's sitting at a 131 WRC plus 2.0 F word 50 games. So that's like, an F where every 25 games you play 150, and that's a six-win player. And right now, currently as a two F four in 50 games, right? I'm not saying he's a 131 WRC plus hitter two talent-wise, but if he regressed to a 118, and it'll be his 2019 year where he was nearly a six-win player. He's yeah, also got a two F- good defensively as he used to be. Yeah, I mean, his I, that that might be an issue, but being a two-win player when your defense has been god-awful to start the year is kind of hilarious. Because he's he's a defensive like first player. I think it's it's weird because he's he's back to zero. Oh, hey, there was a point where he was sitting at negative four, and that was only like two weeks ago. So he's uh, OAA now. I think more than before is very very volatile. Like it can change so much just from like one or two games. Um, like Nico Horner was sitting at five like yesterday, and now he's at three. So, like you don't. You can't really judge much off of that, but I think Lindor will get the defense together. It's the same thing with Betts last year where we were talking about, oh, like, yeah. Betts has had a down year defensively, but what does that mean? Like, is it, is it like, relevant? And now Betts is sitting with two, 208, 81st percentile, and 88th percentile and jump. Um, and then, obviously, like, Mookie Betts is fantastic. Ridiculous. He, I, I was, he might win the MVP. I was playing a little narrative ball yesterday. I think he's the second best player in the league still. Um, I don't know about that. I think I'm confident we got to say he's in the conversation. I think a lot of people were too quick to react with him. Oh, no, for sure. Um, I, we want we should shout out the guy who put, you know, who put him six, I think, in his right fielder list, right? Was, did he put him six, right? Putting a top three player in the league, top four player in the league, maybe t- – okay. Putting a consensus top five player in the league sixth at his position is unbelievable. But that was ridiculous. Like he put him behind. I'm not no no disrespect to Cal Tucker and no disrespect to Bryce Harper. However, no disrespect to either of the two. Mookie Betts is clearly better than those two baseball players. He's also clearly better than um, uh, Aaron Judge. And you're racist. That's I mean, he doesn't even a right field anymore. He's playing center field for this team because Aaron Hicks is awful. Who else did he put? He put uh... It was Soto. Acuna. That's, that's like those two I can def- like you can yeah. defend those. You can defend Judge. It was Soto Acuna, Judge, Harper, Tucker, and then it was Betts. 
And I, I don't think you can defend the the bets below Harper thing. I don't think you can defend it being below Tucker. I I, I think Tucker's a great baseball player, but it's kind of hard to put. I mean, don't like no one put Kyle Tucker in their top 10 players. Right. And I would say Mookie Betts is confidently a top 10 position player. If you get what I'm saying. Mookie Betts is confidently a top five position player. I think he's. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's trout. And then I think it's Betts, but you could say it's Soto. Right. I would say though, like, and, and I definitely got caught up in this where a lot of the hype this off season went to Soto. I'm not a part of this. Um, Jose Ramirez and Mookie Betts, I felt like both both in tandem, got very much left behind because they weren't Juan Soto or Mike Trout, and they were not. They didn't come off of Bryce Harper's season, and think, it's like, go ahead. I think Jose Ramirez is going to win the AL MVP. That's my yeah. He's re, he is remarkable. He I has think, the lowest qualified strikeout rate in baseball, and he's walking thirteen percent of the time, striking out seven percent of the time. It's fifty one RBIs, which. I know it doesn't really matter, but no, but it's if you look at the rest of the leaderboard here, like I'm looking at the war leaderboard, not the F, but not the RBI leaderboard, just FYI. But uh, Machado 28, Mookie Betts 33, Trout 28, Judge 37, Devers 26, Goldschmidt 42, Freeman 29, Edmund 22, Anderson 19. Those are top 10 players in war, including Ramirez, who's at 51. Um, I think he's on pace to set a record. Um, for RBIs on a team that doesn't score. Yeah. Like that's special stuff. He, he hits with runners in scoring position. He's slugging 648. 648 is insane. He's fucking tiny. He's slugging 648, 196 over his plus. Like, I mean, like he's, he's, he's probably the, if the season ended today, probably the favorite to win MVP. Him or Trout or Judge. I would say I would okay. I love Judge. You know I love Judge. My he's the best player on my team. However, I would probably say Jose Ramirez wins MVP in in this situation because right now and and this is remarkable. He leads the American League in F WAR uh, right now in terms of updated F WAR. So this uh, this could change literally within that bat right. Um, but when you look at the slugging percentage leaderboards, I'm going to read you the strikeout rates of the top ten guys. Twenty six percent. 7.6%, 25%, 19%, 16%, 18%, 20%. You get the gist. Everyone here is in the double digits, well above 15%, except for one guy, and that's Jose Ramirez. So the only guy close to him in that regard is Mookie Betts at 16%. And Machado. Yeah, Machado is not in the top 10 in slugging percentage. He's 11. Oh. But he's at 17.3%. So I picked the closest guy. So, like, Jose Ramirez has probably the best hit tool in baseball – in terms of like having, um, I don't know about that. Not the best hit tool. I, he has a very good hit tool. I'll say that. Let me just say he has a like very, very, very good guys with hit better tool. hit tools. Like even a guy like Wander Franco probably has a better hit tool. Yeah. But he's Wander Franco basically with like not judge like or not, not that type of power, but like you would say, I, I guess. Um, I mean, I think hit tool wise, like you, you're looking at. Okay, so the contact percent leaders, three of them are Indians, uh, Guardians. Uh, it's Quan is first, Ramirez is fourth, and Straw is fifth. Um, they, they, don't, they don't miss the ball, but, you know, I, I, there's more to a hit tool than just making contact. But he also walks, like, he's just very good at everything. Like he has the he has a higher isolated power than Mike Trout. His isolated power is only second to Aaron Judge. I don't think people understand how tough it is to slug and also not strike out because you inherently are sacrificing one for the other when you try but to slug. I don't think you are if you're Jose Ramirez. Exactly. And that's what makes him, you know, just this remarkable player who I, he's the lead. He is the best. He's been the best player in baseball in F4 since 2020. I can confidently say since the 2020 season, the most consistent best player in baseball is Jose Ramirez, right? Mike Trout's been hurt. Soto has been great, but 2021 and 20 or 2022 so far, he's been a little sluggish. Um, not he'll sluggish, figure, he'll figure it out. Yeah, he will. But I'm just saying in terms of consistently being 
one of the five or three best players in baseball year in and year out, with the exception of 2019, since 2017, Jose Ramirez has always been there, right? Um, that's a fee, you know, he's going to be someone who is, you know, you're going to, like, I, a lot of people are like, oh, is Judge better than Jose Ramirez? I like Judge. No, he's not. He is not better than Jose Ramirez. Is, you know, Tatis better than Jose Ramirez? I love Tatis. I would take Jose Ramirez over Tatis because I think Jose Ramirez can play a full season without, and, you know, I'm not saying Tatis's injury issues are too concerning, but again, oh, yeah. I'm going to yeah. take, he's an idiot. Like, you can't, I, I don't know how you get into that. Uh, that entire motorcycle situation is just dumb. But Jose Ramirez is like a lock to be a six to seven win player, right? There are so few guys you can say, I would bet my life savings this guy's a six to seven win player. There's very few guys. You wouldn't bet it on Trout because Trout could get hurt. You wouldn't bet it on Soto because Soto's a corner outfielder. And if you would, it's a, you wouldn't really necessarily bet your life savings on it. You would bet your life savings Jose Ramirez finishes with a 6-F4 every single season in his prime. And that's but remarkable. He does. Yeah, he, he's just that guy. Well, um, I, think, I think part of it is like, okay, so you look, I just think my problem with Soto is that his ceiling is so low. I think I feel like he has a corner outfielder. I thought even okay, but Mookie Betts is a corner outfielder and his ceiling is low. But he's also like the best defensive corner outfielder of all time, arguably. So it's a little bit different. Yes, maybe. But I, I mean, like Mookie Betts is on pace, not on pace. Not I'm not even talking about on pace. I'm talking about projected, like currently projected to finish the season with 8.6 at four according to Zips and 8.1 according to Steamer. Yeah, he's, he's great. Projected, he's projected to be an eight win player. He's sitting at a 182 WRC+. He, I think he homered again yesterday, right? He's 15 on the year, um, which he's, on, he's, he's way on pace to set his career high. He only had, his career high is only 32, which actually seems surprisingly low. Um, he had an, he had, even the 185 WRC+, here was because he was hitting 350, not because he was hitting a bunch of homers. But um, he'll, probably, he'll probably set the career high. He... He had a down year last year relatively, but he was playing the whole year hurt when he was playing. Um, I, I mean, like, this is a guy, I think people overreacted to one year where he was not as good because of an injury, and he's proving that it was because of an injury this year because now he's healthy and now he's raking. Yeah, I mean, the, Betts has been great. He's on a great Dodger team right now. I think the case for him to win MVP is going to be he's playing great baseball. It's very easy to see him play because he's playing on the best team in baseball. It's also um, really easy to vote the best player on the best team for MVP, whether exactly. whether or not you think it's right. Um, it's, it is. It's a really easy argument to make. Because maybe, and there are people, there were people who seriously believed he wasn't the best player on his team coming into the year. Yeah, I I don't know how he could have made the argument he wasn't the best player on his own team. I, I can't. I'm not saying the Dodgers don't have like talent or anything. They, I mean, they're the best team in baseball, but they they don't have a player who was at nearly as good as Mookie Betts was outside of um, Freeman. But Freeman's a first baseman. I never really would have banked on him being better than uh, better than um, than the Betts was. But Freeman's also like he's an MVP award winner. He's and more no, he's recently than Betts, like, but he's a first like, like even last year wasn't he and Betts very comparable in wins above replacement? I know wins above replacement is a great for first baseman, but I'm just saying, like, you know, they had. I, I think, think their WRC pluses were crazy different. I think I think between Betts and Freeman, I'm taking Betts a hundred times out of a hundred, but oh, absolutely. I know I know they're like I know people who would prefer the bat that Freeman has, but is it even that much better than Betts? I don't think so. Um, Freddie Freeman is a great, and I don't want this to be like, oh, Freddie Freeman isn't that great. We, that's not what we're saying. But Freddie Freeman's WRC plus was four points higher than Mookie Betts's was last year. Like, let's be real here, right? You know. Well, Freeman also got a little unlucky, but like, if you right, okay, for the first time in since 2016, last year, Betts didn't finish in the top ten in MVP voting. He and finished second in 20, first in 18, uh, second in 16. And whether or not he deserved it, the years he finished second is a different question because the, the year Freeman won it, there's a strong argument to be made that, 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 should, have won that, that should have won it. Um, 
I'm I'm not gonna make that argument because I don't think it really matters that much. But Betts led the league in in our war that year and wasn't that far behind in F four. Uh, people got I think people got blown away by Freeman's one like one one. Oh, he had like he had a one point one OPS. Yeah, his, he was ridiculous. But even if you're just gonna look at that, then Soto was like he had a two hundred OPS. He was the better hitter. He missed games, but. I I think Betts deserved the 2020 MVP. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna say it was like robbery or anything. Like like Ramirez was fucking robbed in 2020. That's a different story. Like that one I'll that one I'll defend more so than this one. But I just think the Dodgers are so stacked that he he got caught. I think he's getting caught up because there's there's also people who think like you know. I think I think the Dodgers probably have three top twenty position players with Betts, Turner, and Freeman. Turner's not off to a great start this year, but I have no worries that he'll be anything less than a five one player. Um, he's got such a great. Hasn't bat. he been good lately? Good speed. I don't. I don't know. I haven't really. I mean, he's, he was. Trey good. Turner has been pretty good lately because I know he's on a hitting streak. I mean, I don't. So I know hitting since, streaks are so the since May tenth, he has a one seventy seven WRC plus. So yeah, he's been good. But okay. Not like incredible. I guess Trey is a guy you could have argued may have been better than Mookie Betts because he's just like ridiculous volume wise, and he's always like good at. He's always like an average defender with great base running and a good bat. Um, so I guess that could have been the argument. I kind of forgot Trey Turner played for the Dodgers. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Trey Turner is like ever since he became a Dodger, just kind of forgot about him, and he was like maybe the best shortstop in baseball type of guy. Well, the other um, thing is, I think Trey Turner is going to end up with, um, he's going to end up being their long term shortstop. They let Seeker go because of Turner. He's also like real, like he's worth he's worth a lot of money. Like it's not like they'd make a bad investment here either. Like, and what are you going to replace him with? You know. What you're gonna go sign Dansby Swanson? Like not saying Dansby Swanson. Okay, the shortstop market this year is actually opening up because Correa is probably a free agent this summer. Right, but are you gonna bank on getting Carlos Correa when you have a guy who you you traded a lot of assets for is already a pretty good player? You're not gonna get that much better with Correa versus Trey Turner at shortstop. Like, what's the point? You know, what's really the point? Right. He's like. Like he's a little better. Correa is an option. I don't. I don't know who else is a free agent, but I'm pretty sure Xander Bogarts. Dansby Swanson. Free agent. Uh, Swanson, Bogey, Turner, and Correa. And I, obviously, Swanson isn't like he isn't the elite shortstop that Turner or Correa is. And I would say Bogey's in that tier. No, of like, Xander Bogarts is an elite really, shortstop. Really I don't like. The, I don't like this fucking. Yeah. Just because of his, like, he has a bad glove. Yeah, but he he might be the most consistent player offensively at the position. Every year, one thirty. I will also say, I was, I was, uh, I, I was clowned for putting him above Brandon Crawford by many, um, and Ooh. many people didn't have him on his top ten shortstop list. Uh, on the top Jack. ten shortstop list. Yeah, but like, no, Jack didn't have. Did Jack have like, on his top? I don't remember if he did or didn't. No, he but had like, him like eighth or ninth. I am like fifth. Or as long as he's top ten, like the shortstop class, or at least from one through eight. Um, there were tiers, obviously, where guys couldn't have been ranked, but like you weren't you weren't putting, um, you know, Carlos Correa behind Trevor Story, right? But you know, putting Trevor Story ahead of Xander Bogarts, or you know, uh, Lindor behind Bogey or ahead of Bogey, or you know, even like that wasn't really too much of an issue. Like that 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 didn't really matter. I think as long as you had him in your top ten comfortably, like he wasn't ten, I think you did a good job ranking him. Because he's kind of a weird player in that sense. We're like, there are a lot of good shortstops, and that opens up a lot of variance. But, you know, he's been this year, what? I would say, like, the top three shortstop so far. Maybe four. Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, Pena's been, yeah. Okay, so Pena's been better. Anderson, think, Pena, and Lindor. Lindor. Those are the three guys who are better right now. In terms of production this season, not, like, as talents. I don't think, you know, Tim Anderson's a better, the best shortstop in baseball, though he's very good. I think Tim Anderson gets underrated too. Um, you know, it doesn't help that yeah. he never walks, but I don't really care. He is, he is like. Oh, you know who actually, what the fuck is that? You know who literally never walks? Uh, is Nico Horner, which I think is so funny for a guy who plays with his style. He has a 319 OBP and a 296 uh, batting average. He, <laughs> 
he has a 2.5% walk rate. Wow. Um, doesn't he swing? Doesn't he have like, does, hasn't he have like a lot more home runs this year than before? Something like that? Home runs? He has three home runs. And, oh, he, had, I thought, and he had three home runs in 2019 and less plate appearances. But in 2019, he only hit home runs like he never got like triples and doubles but this year he's been really good he's 107 over year plus he's an elite, elite like he's an elite elite defender like top top tier defender so yeah nico horner strikes me as a player i think go ahead i think he's one of those guys that he's kind of a plug and play guy like he'll he'll no matter like no matter what he'll be there defensively so there's nothing really you can complain about even if the bat isn't up to like the 110 that I think he will be for the next few years. I think he's, I think he's a guy who like, he's not, he's obviously never, he's never going to be the best player on your team, but he's always going to be super valuable to have. And I think he's always going to be someone who goes under the radar just because he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. He, but I mean, like he hits 300 and people love that, but you know. And yeah, then there's and- to think he should lead off, which is fucking unbelievable because he's a 320 OBP. Like, shut up. But Nico Horner in like, the seven or eight hole of a baseball team of that's like i think for playoff aspirations if he is your seven hitter that's a great situation he's oh, a great defender unbelievable with runners in square position i don't know why like it's a like every time he has runners to knock in he knocks them in but that's like you know he just slashes singles like the other way and they can't do anything about it but anyways i mean like that's, that's enough nico Warner talk Fucking love that guy. So uh, let's talk about some teams around the league. Cause I know like we can just kind of like bounce around division by division who you think, you know, if you want to take it from here, but we could kind of talk about like, um, I know the NL, the NL West isn't particularly interesting because the Dodgers are just kind of been kicking everyone's ass. Well, so Grisham I mean, just homered tie game beat, uh, against the Cardinals. The Padres are fucking loaded. Uh, not offensively. They're pretty bad offensively. They're like a 94 WRC plus team right now. Yeah, but their their pitching is... Oh, their pitching is ridiculous. It's, it's, they it's are an interesting team. team. I think between between Darvish, Musgrove, Gore, Snell, Manaya. I mean, they have like seven starting pitchers on the rock. Clevenger, that's six. And then who, who's the one I'm forgetting? There's seven. Gore? Did you say Gore? No, I said Gore. Who, so list them again? I said Darvish, Manaya, uh, Gore... Uh, Musgrove, Snell. That's six. Darvish, Manaya, Gore, Musgrove, Snell. Clevenger, uh, seven, six. Clevenger, six, and then Martinez, seven. And Martinez for like a bottom of the rotation guy is pretty solid. Like he's an okay pitcher, and that's that's really what they signed him to be. They didn't sign him to be elite. He's an okay pitcher. He'll transition to a bullpen role decently. I mean, um, I think so. I think Gore Gore is the guy who's kind of come out of nowhere. Like obviously he was a top prospect, but I think people wrote him off because the injuries and such and he's been really good and i think that's what's i think that's transformed this team more than anything obviously machado like being as good as he has been this year has also been a big impact but i think four is a difference maker here i don't really understand how gore went from cooked prospect to like one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball but that, I mean, that's that, that explains and that it was just I injuries. Think, I think he's currently um, the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. No, not MVP. This is the, the rookie of the year um, in the rookie National the, League. Yeah, I did. I did look at. Uh, yeah, wow, one point seven one ERA. Two, wow. I I mean, I knew he was good, but I don't. I didn't think he was like like he's been dominant. There's kind of a like there's a difference in good and dominant. He he would be in the Cy Young conversation if he you know, got full-time starts. Yeah, if he gets enough innings, I don't think he'll keep up this pace, obviously, but, you know. Who knows? Still still pretty good, man. I mean. Pirates are up 2-0, Chavis homework. Who? Why is Michael Chavis actually good? What's going on here? Didn't I believe he got traded for Austin Davis? And Austin Davis has been a good leader for the Red Sox, from what I understand. Um, but the Red Sox have just lost two to one to the Cincinnati Reds in a stretch in which they've played the Orioles and the Reds. They've gone two and four in that stretch over six games. The Reds are good teams. now. Yeah, but you know, I'm just saying, you know, for a team that was supposedly, you know, they're 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 better than the Yankees. Oh, this is like you know, you know, they are. 
They're not. They're just. They're not like. They're not. You know they're who good. I think is better than the Heat. Better than is the Mets. The Mets are better than the Heat. No, they're not. I mean, just no. But okay. I mean, the they're not better than the Heat. The Dodgers. Are no, the Dodgers. Yeah, no, that, that's no, one hundred percent. Dodgers. I would say the Dodgers and the Astros are the Astros like. If you would put two teams Yankees. ahead of the Yankees, would be the Dodgers and the Astros. That's it. I, everyone else is. Everyone else is either as. I think the Astros are more of in the as good tier. But you could justify putting them ahead of the Yankees. One hundred percent. I picked them to I win the World Series. The Blue Jays are as good no? as the Yankees. They're as good, maybe, but I don't think they're better. I mean, they're, they're, the rotation, Jose Barrios, is fucking terrible. He would not even make our rotation. Their offense uh, has been worse than the A's. Their bullpen's not better than the A's. Really, Nestor Cortez is pretty decently better than him. <laughs> pretty confidently better than Nestor Cortez is, you know, has been, you know, who's actually getting a lot of shit, even though he's been kind of good, is Garrett Cole, which I think is really funny. As, as someone who's Get, like, by the way, the ringleader of the Garrett Cole hate circus. Uh, here we go. I think it is unbelievable that Garrett Cole gets so much hate. I know, I know he's overpaid. We know he's overpaid, but it's he's not overpaid. He's not. How is he overpaid? Go on the go on it's, your fucking, go, go on your little darling trade website that you fucking love. Go on there. Garrett Cole is a negative thirty-two uh, value. That's what every guess because you can't just tra- who would take on. Over two hundred million dollars of money. No one should do that. No one should ever do that. Why would you ever do that? Why the, give up an asset to get two hundred million dollars? Because you sign. Because you, you don't trade to get a signed. You sign the player, and the Yankees have a financial advantage that many other teams don't have. So the average baseball team, two hundred million dollars of a contract is probably one of the biggest contracts for their his franchise history. Well, I mean, wasn't the Kansas City Royals contract in your franchise's history? He might have been, but like the Yankees, no, I think Irod got ten years. To, it might have, no, no, no. Coles was Garrett the biggest Cole three twenty four. You're right, but the Yankees are a team that always spent, like they're always top three in payroll. They spend a lot of money. If you suddenly have the Kansas City Royals take on Garrett Cole's contract, their entire franchise goes fucking up. Like it's 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 over. They can't spend anything. Like they'll lose. They'll have to cut guys in arbitration. Okay, you know the who eight, I want to talk about now because I'm looking at some numbers here. Sandy Alcantara is averaging six point seven innings per start. Oh, he's he's on he is he is what every starting pitcher should try to be. Go out there, throw quality innings, throw fucking gas, throw a lot of innings, and just be a guy. Like he's a fucking guy. Like I, Matt Brash. Matt, Br- oh yeah, better than so Matt Brash, who is currently better than Framber, uh, you know Framber Valdez, um, currently, you know, pitching his ass off. Obviously, you know Matt Brash better than better than Framber Valdez. Um, uh, oh, by the way, guys, uh, just, just so you know, Ryan, Matt Brash is a six ERA in triple A. A 21? Yeah, yeah, no, dude. I, <laughs> but, like, I mean. That was, that was like, an all-time moment from last year. That was. That was. that was, And it was against the Angels. And the Yankees played. It was at Yankee Stadium. And it just. Was that, was that, that the Chapman time. game with the, the Wall no. Street Slam? No. That was two days before. That was the first loss they had in that series, which was just what was a bad it? Well, game. Who was who were you? T- was it Brooks Krisky? Yes. Okay. Um. Okay. So I, I load up the Dodgers game here. Their lineup is nuts. It should be illegal. It's fucking. What is this bullshit? No. Okay. Alcantara doesn't have the highest. Like, it doesn't have the best Sierra. Like, he's not like a. Like he he doesn't strike guys out that often. But it's but, it's good enough. Like I. He throws think, gas and he throws so many innings. I think he's. I think he should. Um, I think he should get more recognition as far as Cy Young talks go than he does. Yeah. Um, than he ever has, man. What? He just shoves, man. Like he just. There's how can you how can you argue realistically? How can you argue that there are more than. I don't think you can argue there are more than 10 guys who provide more value in all of baseball than San Alcantara does on the mound. Not talking about contracts, talking about like pure value. Well, he also makes winning. nothing. How so. many of the, right. But I'm saying like in terms of contributions winning, in terms of you know adding war value or, or whatever, however you find or perceive value. How does Sandy Alcantara not end up in a top 10 starting pitchers list? We're close to it, right? He is, if you want to cite his Sierra as a 3 6, oh, he's going to regress. He's going to regress. Sure. He'll regress mm-hmm. to being a three ERA That's pitcher. Where he'll first, yeah. Where he'll, and he'll overperform because of his great ground ball rates, but where he'll end up with what? Like 230 innings pitched and 
a slow three, sub three ERA, like that's value that you can't find in a lot of pitching in baseball. The Marlins locking him up to that contract's just, I, I don't know how he, they got him to sign it because if okay. he ever hit the market, man, like if he hit the market at 29 or 28, how do you not throw a shit ton of money at him? Cause he's going to pitch so many innings. Um, I think at a certain point it's like, okay, so last year he didn't get a single Cy Young vote. He threw 205 innings of 3.2 ERA ball. 205 innings and he didn't get a single vote. I think obviously, obviously innings is like, you know, everyone can throw innings, but not everyone can throw innings. That's like, like you would think, oh, it's easy. Just go out there and throw pitches. But But to be so effective while throwing so many innings is, I think, like, it's a little bit astonishing almost, especially in this era, especially throwing 98 miles per hour on, like, average on your fastball. Dude, if Adam Wainwright and Brandon Woodruff got votes, I don't – and Julio Arias, I don't know how Sandy Alcantara could have gotten votes. Well, okay, so – They were good. Arias got votes because he got 20 wins. Right, but um, I mean, come on. Like, you can't really – you can't give any love to Alcantara. You can't. You know, like, Wayne, then, what the uh, hell is Adam Wainwright doing there? Adam Wainwright had a really good year last year. He well, he did, but I'm just saying, like, who would you rather and have? He's even better this year. I Everyone thought he was done. No, he's a good pitcher. Like, he's not – He's not, is he an elite pitcher? No, but he's a good pitcher, yes. And he throws a lot of innings, and that's valuable. I'm just saying, like, if he could get a vote, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I would like to see – Sandy Alcantara get a vote. I just want I want some respect for my Dominican King. Um, he's cut down the walks recently. He's been really really good lately. Like well, lately, like he's been phenomenal. His last five starts, he's throwing a lot of pitches. Are throwing a lot of angst. He's at thirty six. Okay, so let's let's do it. Name name the pitchers better than him in the league. Okay. Uh, obviously Degrom, but like. So I'm gonna go Degrom, Burns, Cole. I'm gonna. I think Wheeler, those guys Gosman. are. Yeah, Wheeler, Gosman. Oh, um, by the way, everyone flipped out. Wheeler's off to such a bad start. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, but that was more trolling. Like, I think he's pretty, com- pretty confident he was going to be good. He's a good pitcher. You know, she's trolling you. <laughs> um, Martin Perez is third, so I don't want to. pretty funny. And he's also shoved tonight, I think. He threw against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, he, he went seven shutout innings, five strikeouts, no walks. That's just, I mean, he's Wheeler a guy. Wheeler Cy Young last year. He got robbed. Um, Nah, Burns, Burns, Burns had a good case. Uh, I would say it's Cole, Burns, DeGrom, Wheeler. Um, I think Lanahan's better than him. Um, do you think Otani's better than him? Uh, yes. Maybe, like, on a parade basis, yes. But is he going to have more wins of a replacement at the end of the season? I'm not Probably sure. Not. Because, like, that's, the, that's kind of the thing here where it's like, I think you could tell me, yes, there are 10, definitely 10 guys better on a parade basis, but volume. I like the volume matters. Is Shane Beaver better than him? No, no. On a parade basis, I would say Alcantara might be better than him and he's going to throw way more innings. I would say it's really just Cole, Gosman, Burns, Wheeler, McClanahan, and DeGrom. I would say those are seven guys are confident. That's six guys. Confident, 100% going to be better than him. That's my 100%. Justin Verlander. You think Verlander's hundred percent going to be better than Sandy Alcantara? I think he's hundred percent been better than Alcantara. Uh, yeah, he's got good peripheral. I, I mean, he doesn't strike out as many guys as he used here. to, but like that. I mean, similar strikeout rate to Alcantara. I know he walks less guys, but he gives up a lot of fly ball. I mean, I don't know if he's really, you know, he doesn't walk anyone. He's got a low ERA. He's th- he's been throwing a shitload of innings, which is. I just don't know if he's better than Alcantara. I don't know if he's better. Like, Verlander had the blow-up start last start, so we'll see how he does now, because he was off to, like, in Also, Verlander has a worse ERA than Alcantara. I just want to point that out. It's, like, the same, though. It's 2.0. Yeah, but if you adjust for ERA minus, it's 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 a four-point gap, which is decent enough. But, you know. It's like, just, I, I think I think they're similar on a per-rate basis, and that's why I'm going to take Alcantara, because I think he's going to throw more innings this year. Um, yeah, but I also, I also trust, like, I don't know. I think Verlander, I think the problem is he's in a six-man rotation, which is going to fuck him over. Yeah, well, I mean, also the problem here is that his fastball isn't as good as it used to be. Like, not that the velocity is bad or anything. He's just no, the velocity move. is down. It's down a lot. It it's ninety. I mean, he's sitting ninety four point nine, and he I, used I, to sit like ninety six. No, he sat ninety four point six in twenty nineteen. 
He he just ramp. What he did was ramp it up. Like he could just dial up a hundred. He was I don't very think good he at can it. dial up a hundred anymore though. Probably yeah. That's and also the backspin on it isn't great. Like he doesn't get the the same le- type of like um magnus it's effect like on his fastball when he, he like you say he's averaging 94.9 this year but i think the highest i've seen him and i've watched a lot of verlander starts i think the highest i've seen him go is 97 and he used to be able to just and maybe he's saving it maybe it's just like it's early on in the year and this is a team that with or without him are world series contenders like i think he's an added bonus for them because especially with the way that they've developed christian javier um I think this is a team that's probably a contender to win the World Series, even if he's not healthy. Oh, no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and so then he, I think you add him to that. Like, this Astros team might be just as good as last year's, if not better, even though, you know, last year's won the AL. They lost Correa. They've lost two of their best guys, and they're still just as good. This Like, the Astros are a marvel of – development it's almost unbelievable and i think like verlander obviously won't probably won't throw 200 innings like he used to he used to do it every single year i think if Um, it was up to him he would but if it's because the i don't think the astros want him to verlander Verlander, with the exception of 2015 through 200 innings for 13 straight seasons yeah again i think if I really do think if you ask Justin Verlander, hey, can you give me 200 innings? He'd be like, yeah, of course. But the Astros aren't going to let him do that. And wisely so, right? You know you're going to play in October. Don't, you know, don't. You you know you're going to play in October. For a team, like, I would even say for a team, like, he, the options for him to sign, I think, were Astros were in on him. I think the Angels were really in on him. And the Yankees. Yeah. And I would say, and I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer, but I would definitely tell you that the New York Yankees would not be like, yeah, no, we're definitely going to be in October. It's with a division where you have a lot of good teams, it's hard for you to say, oh, we'll be in October. Save your bullets, buddy. Like they no, have I think told, it's, I think it's clear to see that the Yankees make the playoffs. Oh, now it is. Yeah, now I think right now, as we record on May 31st, very confident. I'm just saying in December when he was still – or November when he was a free agent, can are the Yankees the team that can say, yeah, we'll punt. Who cares? We'll, we'll like post to our division, right? Like, you know, six-man rotation, whatever. The Astros can do it because they're just so much better than everybody. I still don't think they're close to their division, the Yankees. I think the Blue No, Bay I'm saying the Astros. The Astros can close oh, okay. to their division. Astros can, like, Astros are like, we can not punt necessarily, but we can have a six-man rotation where we are cutting on Verlander starts, which is going to hurt our win probability because our six starter is not better than Verlander. Whereas the Yankees can't really say, yeah, let's make our chance of winning a baseball game worse. By having I a mean, six-man rotation. And, and the thing with the Astros, they're running a six-man rotation, and their guy who was arguably their ace coming into the year has not pitched an inning. So we'll, I mean, see, we'll see what happens. I don't know how long McCullers is out. Um, it shouldn't be much longer, though, right? Uh, no, I don't think it will be. But I think, I think you go into a playoff series if you're Houston, and obviously it's really early. I think Verlander's making the first start. I think he's pitching game one, isn't he not? Verlander? Yeah. I think it's Framber. I, I really do. I think you try. I, I mean, it's tough. I think you have oh, to go I, Verlander I tr- because it's, yeah. I, tr- I trust Verlander more. I Yeah, I, I feel like it's hard for you to say, no, we will not be giving the ball to Hall of Famer, Astros legend, fucking stud on the mound, per playoff hero Justin Verlander, and say, let's give it to Framber Valdez. No disrespect to Framber Valdez, but I, I get your point where it's like, I feel like it'd just be a tough sell. Like, it, it'd be hard to sell that to a team, to your fan base, and to your locker room. I think Framber, like, I don't think Framber Valdez is going to, you know, kick and pout. And not saying Verlander, but I would say that if you pull the ro- Astros roster and say, who do you want starting game one, they would probably say Verlander. And that's really the only opinion that matters. Um, well, I don't know if the, the opinion of the players matters as much as the opinion of the, like the managers or the front office, but. No, but you like the, the gap between Van Burn and, and is Verlander is what? Like realistic and, and guys and, and teams do that. They'll give it to the guy who's older and more experienced. They don't always. And, and I know the Astros don't have the tendency to be like this. Like a lot of other teams are, but even then, like, I think it makes more sense to just give it to the guy who, you know, is going to go out there and shove. I mean, remember the Dodgers, despite the fact that he stunk in the playoffs and the guy, Granky, who had Cy Young seasons, like they consistently trotted out Kershaw as a number one guy. And I'm the not Dodgers saying Verlander is – had to- a lot more to work with. Like they they were basically every year guaranteed to 
make the playoffs and yeah i'm just saying like i get what you're saying and i and i and i i think i, I mean more so like as a manager your your job is not only to put your team in the best position to win but also manage a locker room and i i just think it's a tough sell to i think you'd have an easier time like the, the gap isn't massive between verlander and framber so you really wouldn't be in a situation where you're like oh i'm putting out the worst starter you're putting out the same starter probably in terms of run prevention and you're just is an experienced guy and he's a guy who knows how to pitch in october and I sound like a boomer right now, but that's just like, I mean, that's just how baseball is sometimes. You got to just go with the guy who's been in October. Um, the Astros, though, definitely, I would say that I would say they're confidently going to be in the ALCS. So like, I'm like, I would put all the money in the world. They're going to be on the ALCS this year. And I would love to see the Yankees and the Astros in the ALCS. Like that as a Yankee fan, but like in a baseball perspective, those two teams going at it in the seven game series, they're very even keeled rotationally. They're very even, uh, they're very similar rotationally. The Yankees have a slightly better bullpen. Astros have the better lineup, right? Where it's like, you know, game two, a Severino Framber start, that would be very fun to watch. Or a Nestor Framber start would be fun to watch. You know, two kind of craftier lefties. I don't know who starts game two for the Yankees. It's it's Cortez, right? Yeah, you would imagine, right? Like, I mean, I can't. I I can't okay, so Cole's game one. It's 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 Cole. yeah. And then, I, I think it would take a miracle for Cortez to get that game one start. No, I don't think it's even close. And I don't know. I don't know if I trust Cortez. Like, he's kind of come out of nowhere. He might like. Yeah. I would not be surprised if the also rest against of the year Houston. Yeah, against you. Yeah, no, for sure. And that, he, that's I feel like possible. Houston would rape him. Dude, Houston would be a team where, like, you throw out Garrett Cole game one. You do not fuck around and go, this guy was better. This You don't fuck around. You put Garrett Cole game one. And, you like, Although the Yankees Houston, have a, Outside of that one complete game does have, have a tendency to the rake off Garrett. Not really. I mean, that they he threw seven innings of two-run ball against them the first time they squared off. It's Jordan. Jordan owns Garrett. Like, Jordan's just fucking horrifying. The idea of having to face Jordan Alvarez in a playoff series is probably the scariest thing I could imagine. And that's all the realistic. After Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, and Alex Bregman. Dude, this year. So Alex Bregman is um, another one of those guys who I don't think gets enough credit as he deserves. He's got a 125 plus. He's a good fielder. And people are like, oh, he's, he sucks now. Like, yeah, he's not he's not 2019 Bregman, who I think Bregman out of all the guys was probably the biggest trash can merchant, but you don't think it was Marwin? Marwin Gonzalez is pretty confidently the biggest trash can merchant. Okay, but sucks. I mean out of the guys who were like superstars on that Astros team. Gotcha, gotcha. Holy shit, Urias is getting rocked. It's four nothing pirates. What? Who the fuck is Twipicano Marcano? To Sapita Marcano. Hey man, this he has like a 200 steamery WRC plus because he played like two games. <laughs> he's the guy, he's the guy who uh they traded um for, for Adam Frazier, right? Yeah. Was it? I, it wasn't Joe Musgrove. This is definitely the Adam Frazier trade. This has to be. You know who uh you know who's you know who just tripled? Who? Bad catch. Uh Christopher Morell. I did it PJ Higgins. Isn't he like some random guy? He just hit a home run today and he didn't he hit one yesterday. He's not a random guy. He's he's like some fucking 30-year-old catcher who's that's a random guy. Yeah. That's a random guy. The Cubs are so good at just finding random 30-year-olds that just hit. Like, yeah, I wish would... they were I wish they were good at this when they were good. They would have won yeah. the World Series in a row. If they could have done this when they were like contending, they would have won every year. Hey man, uh it's it look, I can't really I can't really give you a solution to that other than just and you know what? Go the, back in time. You know what's funny is like everyone's like, "Oh, the Cubs couldn't develop pitching." Now, guess what they can do? It means more relievers, right? Like, they haven't really developed starting. I mean, they really they only have the talent starting wise to develop guys because it's really steel. Uh, Keegan Thompson's been good, and I think we mentioned like he might not. Still has start a massive start. walk problem, but he's also like he, his ERA is like five four, his CR is like four, and his XERA is like three six. So like, I think there's a little regression in the mean that will occur there, but I'm talking about relievers here. They're yeah, they've developed unbelievable. You know, shout out my, shout out my dog, Keegan Thompson. He has a, so as a, as a so starting Keegan pitcher, Thompson is like second in the league in our war. Holy shit. Schwindel. Let's go. He, uh, in his last, so Wait, hold I, I mean, on. I'm getting a call. You keep talking. Yeah. So in his last, in his opening overall in the season, he's 
40 innings pitch, 350 Sierra, great ground ball rate. Doesn't walk a lot of guys, not a terrific strikeout rate, but when you don't walk guys, you get ground balls, no one cares. Throws decently velocity wise. He has a good rising fastball. Like the Cubs are really just what they should do if they sell at all at the deadline is try to get some sort of starting pitching prospect. Um, that because they have, um, whatchamacallum, Caleb Killian. Is it Caleb Killian? Yeah, Killian is, yeah, um, he's in triple A, he's ready, but they don't want to bring him up. I don't know why. Uh, and it's not even a service time thing, like they just aren't bringing him up it makes no sense they keep like they're clearly dancing around it because the cubs have had multiple injuries like wade miley got hurt drew smiley got hurt rip my dog what i said rip my dog kill, kill wade miley no wait wade miley uh wade miley got hurt and they dog. brought up like mark lighter jr they added some guy to the 40-man roster the guy that started against the brewers right and like one earned run but like it was a lot of unearned runs oh swather yeah, he didn't he pitch decently. What like, was that his name? Like Swasher Swather? He was he's 28 too. Like he's not a young guy. Let me see if I can remember. But he was um, good. He was really good. Um he what's his name? Swarmer. Swarmer, yes. And he, he got a, good, a lot of strikeouts. He had a good start. He had six innings, six strikeouts, one walk. One and he's pitching well in AAA. Like, this is the weird thing. Again, everyone that's good the for them are is the like best, 29. Uh, the Cubs are the best minor league ERA between all of their affiliates. If you just, like, gave a random 28-year-old to the Cubs, he would just become – they would just become good. Like, this guy is 28, and he's – this is when he figures it out. Like, sure, man. Like, I'm so sure that makes sense. Like, this team just – they they do it every single time. They they add a fucking twenty nine year old journeyman or a guy who's just like a career minor leaguer and he just plays good for the Cubs. Like I think, you guys, but just I also lie. think that these guys would play well for anyone. It's just they're they're thirty, they're whatever old. The Cubs are giving them a chance. So the only thing that really no is one else is giving chance, right. Like I think Patrick Wisdom. Like the, the, uh, there's some stat here. Like since the All Star break last year or something, he has like forty home runs. Um. It's, it's Alonzo, and then it's him in the National League in home runs since a certain date last year. I don't know when this was. You know what I mean? Right. Where, where it's like, oh, since – I think it was like since May of last year. Whenever whenever he got brought up to the major leagues last year, since then, he's second in the National League in home runs. I think – obviously, he strikes out a ton. He leads the league in strikeout rate, I think. But he's but he, that he's base because he's a three-true outcome guy. I know. I don't think he walks. I mean, is it a bad – oh, it's 8%. I mean, it's not high, but it's like – it's. Okay. I mean, he's a 160 WRC plus. Like, and and he's, a gr- he's a great defensive player. Not this year, though. Yeah, but he, he has – like He's he, been a good defender before. Like, this is an ab- – the OAA is also the only stat in which he performs poorly under this year. Like, that's that's something – But I'm this is also, itself. like, not normal. He had six last year. Yeah, it'll correct itself for sure. I, I don't disagree with you there. But I think this is a guy who you could – I mean, like, you could get something from him at the trade deadline now. Probably. Yeah. Which is like you literally if if you get anything for him, you farmed him for free. He's he's on a tiny contract. He's not a free agent until twenty twenty seven. Like there's value here, especially if you think this is legit. Yeah, like he, there has to be someone who needs the bat, like a right handed hitter. I would imagine someone needs the bat. Like there's no way you can tell me there are thirty teams in baseball. So last year, this is fucking insane. He had a 30 31% on base percentage and a 41% strikeout percentage. So 72% of his bets, he either got on base or struck out. I think the craziest stat here is that he's just like the craziest thing I, I think I look at. He had here a is, 115 WRC plus with a 41% strikeout rate. He's he's like the suit, not he's like the roided up version of Joey Gallo in terms of like barrels, not barrels in terms of the strikeout aspect of it. He's like roided up. He just doesn't – he does not care to make contact. It's hilarious. He doesn't – and he has not even changed his approach. He and does he, not care about – He has an 18% barrel rate. That's fucking crazy. He's a wild – he's a wild individual. He's a very fun player to watch play, in my opinion. Oh, fucking he's an nuke. He had he, – and then there was the time that he and Schwindel, I think, like last week, hit back-to-back homers in back-to-back games. And wasn't that the first – wasn't there, like, some stat of how it was the first time in, like – I forget how long? It had been a while. Yeah. They showed like the Cubs thing. It was like it was like there, there's five pairs of people who have done it. It's Ernie Banks and this guy, 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 and then Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wilson. 
you know what's um, and and what's crazy to me is that Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo hit back to back for f- six straight seasons and never did that. Also, Rizzo, uh, I I feel like these Yankees fans like I feel like Yankees fans are I've seen on Twitter these like you know like the the new age Yankee fans who are like um they're you know like the the stat people yeah like, yeah yeah. yeah. So like, why don't you guys dislike Anthony Rizzo? I'm like, are you looking for a reason to dislike a guy no, with 800 OPS? Like, yeah, yeah, he gets less shit than Aaron Hicks. Yeah, because Aaron Hicks fucking sucks. That is, dude, Anthony Rizzo, and I know he's slumping right now, but he had, like, the best month of April out of any Yankee offensively. Of course he was going to fucking slump after that, right? Yeah, like, no, he's a, he has a 130 WRC plus. He, has, he, he had another right. double today, another extra base hit today. If he if he finishes the season with a 130 WRC plus, that's like that is quite literally you you're paying him 16 million dollars. You aren't paying for, you know, you're paying for like 120 and he gave you 130. Like, exactly. If he gives me a 130 this season, I'm so fucking happy with that. So happy with that. And another thing that really bothers me about I, what's Yankee crazy, fans, what's crazy about Rizzo this year, and it happened the, the last few years, like he used to be a 300 hitter and now he's hitting 213. Like he used to be a 300, work. he used to be a 300, 400, 500 guy. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's making it work, but he's also not as good as he used to be. Like, he's 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 just not. He's he's not as good as he was in Chicago. He'll never be that good. But I don't think you're expecting him to be that good. Like, this is a guy who used to get MVP votes. He's not going to do that again. But he doesn't need to. Yeah, and you know, I, I think another thing that gets that really pisses me off about Yankee fans is that they get very reactionary, right? And I think you see this with the Blue Jays, right? A lot of Yankee fans. Wrote, are going to write the Blue Jays off very quickly. And I don't like the Blue Jays. And I am a proud member of Blue Anon. And I'm very proud to say that I hate the Blue Jays. And that I cram them down. proud member of QAnon. No, blue, blue, blue. Oh. <laughs> I got to make, I want to clarify, I said blue, blue. That being said, they are not a 500 team. They are not a barely wild card team. They're a very good baseball team, right? And if, and I like, I don't want to sit here and claim the Yankees have won a division in May because I know how that goes. And I, I think I'm more just saying this because I don't want to be like viewing all the old tweets exposed from like Yankee fans celebrating in June and they're fucking out of the top spot. I know that we did, I did that to the Red Sox when they were like 11 up on the Yankees and we just fucking shit on them in the second half and up until the wild card game. Um, yeah, up until, but I don't want to get up, up until they yeah. knocked you out of the playoffs. I don't want I, what I'm saying is, I don't want to get old takes exposed. I don't that was want, so like, much fun. Games. That wild card that was, game, I, I, that I, was, I was shit talking Jack the whole game because I, I knew I told him, I think I told him before the game that that Devers was going to take him deep, and then Devers took him deep. No, it was Bogart. it was Bogarts and Schwarber. What I do remember from that night is that it was like the most peaceful playoff loss I've experienced, where like. The game was kind of over pretty early. We just knew they weren't winning the game after Bogarts hit that home run. The Red Sox um, surprised me last year. Yeah, being the Rays was surprising. I'm not sure being the Yankees was surprising. Like I wasn't like, oh my god, they beat the but Yankees. They, they, they also took the Astros to seven. Yeah, no, that was what they did after the AL wild card was absolutely baffling to me. That was super impressive. Oh, they took I, it six, not seven. Still, though, that's impressive. Like that's a Houston Astros team was clearly better than the Red Sox, and the and Astros then, probably should have won the World Series last year. I don't know how they lost and, it, and they beat, they beat the Rays. I mean, the Rays for for as much as the Astros are very good, I, I think a lot of people kind of forgot the Rays were fucking incredible last year. They were just mowing through everyone during the regular season they run into the red Sox. they lose four games they lose three straight after that first game and you know the red Sox are a team where i don't think missing the playoffs is the end of their of the end of the world for them they have great prospects coming in they have a good general manager they have money like they're fine oh and everyone overreacted to the trevor story contract so quick oh yeah no he's fine he's fine basically he's good the contract's fine everything is there i'm not saying everything is fine for this year look this this year, this year, this year, they may not make the playoffs, right? And that will suck because you just made the ALCS and you could have had a chance to have a maybe another playoff run where you can maybe get to a World Series, right? But in the long term, for 2023 and 2024, 2025, are the Reds really fucked? Like, really fucked here? They're not. They have money. They have good prospects. They, they're if they let go of, of Bogarts, right, which would suck, right? They, they, I mean, they could still keep him and Devers because JD's contract's coming off the books. If they let go of Bogarts, that would suck, of course. 
but you have Devers, you have Casas, you have York, you have, uh, they just drafted, is it Mayer or Meyer? I think it's one of the two, one of the last names, whatever it is. Uh, Marcelo Meyer. Yeah, and he's going to be a stud. Like, you have Brian ba- Bre- Brian Bayo coming up. He's a really good pitching prospect. Is They're that fucking- the one that uh... – Sam? Which one is fucking Fetterman obsessed with? Uh, Bayo. Yeah, Bayo's the guy. That's his guy. And Bayo's a good pitching prospect. Right? I don't know, or is it Brian Mata? It's Bayo. It's Bayo. It's Bayo, yeah. Brian Mata's good too, though. Yeah, but, like, they have arms. Like, they'll be fine. They'll be fine long-term. I'm not fucking – like, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm upset about the season, but I'm not fucking panicking. You sell at the deadline, that might be the best thing to happen to you rather than finishing 81 and I don't think they're the going to sell. I'm just saying, like, if you trade – like, if, if you, I think if you're the Red Sox, you need to expend, extend Xander Bogarts. You can't let him walk. Absolutely. But if you were to, let's say, you know, if a team gives you a good offer for J.D. Martinez and you fucking trade him, Doesn't, you get a good Martinez deal. Martinez hitting like 370 or something. Yeah, like I'm just saying, all I'm saying is if the Reds, like I would be as a Yankee fan happier if they finished 81 and 81 and didn't sell than if they finished 75 wins and they did sell because that means they got something out of their season rather than nothing. You finish 81 and 81, seven seed, you get knocked down the first round of playoffs. You didn't get anything fucking from the season. That's a triple. God damn it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as a Red Sox fan, you kind of just want the Red Sox to pick a side. Are it going to be a playoff oh, team think, that is I competitive? Think you buy, I think you buy a pitcher, and then I think you I think you go. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you want, like if you're the Red Sox, you're a Red Sox fan, you just want them to find a direction this year. Are you a good team? Are you a bad team? You just want to be an okay team, right? Good team, you buy the deadline, you build towards winning, you get a chance to playoffs, and all you need is a chance to playoffs because we all know the, the baseball playoffs are very random. You fucking get in the playoffs, you, you play decent baseball in October, and you end up with a World Series appearance or an ALCS appearance, and that's a successful season, right? But, you know, you want to pick a direction. You're going to be good or you're going to be bad. That's all the Red Sox have to figure out this season. They don't have to figure out anything for 2023 or 2024. I feel the same way about the, the Blue Jays. Like, I know the Blue Jays had the best start to their season, right? They'll be fine long-term. Not really fucking concerned about them long term, right? Um, I felt this way about the Yankees. Worlds like I felt as if the. Yankees... But I also think, I also do think it's a real possibility that all four Yellow East teams make the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think all four. Uh, I think the AL. If you look at the American League, other than I, the, other than, I think the Angels are the only team that really is and better, the, and the White Sox. Like, I don't I know if the White, White Sox, Sox are better, really but I think they might figure it out. But we were talking about the White Sox earlier. Like, I. Uh, like Grandal got off to a bad start last year too, and then he figured it out. I think. I mean, like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think we can wrap it up there, though. Yeah. Um. You know. Thank you guys for listening so much. Um. You guys know where to follow us. <laughs> oh shoot, I'm cough. I'm sorry. I'm coughing a lot this episode. Uh. You know to follow me at Ryan Garcia ESM. James's Twitter handle is just his name, James Valentinus. There's no numbers, right? Not in no. your. Okay, so it's just James Valentinus. Um, and you guys know, check out the, the deep drive pod Twitter, right? You know, uh, that'd be fun. You, never you, guys did. Anymore. you need to tweet, right? I, I will handle that. Don't worry. Um, and you know, thank you guys for listening so much. We'll see you guys in episode 60. Peace. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.